gets away from Kante, plays down the line for Suarez. 98 team of the year, Suarez. He's a big chance. Ramos. Suarez, what's he going to do? Tries to feed it back. Is that going to come to Ronaldo? Just trying to get a fill on that, maybe. Pull it now. The man that Bullock loves. Half turn there from Torres. Vieira back to Suarez on the finesse. And there we have it. The Bullock is in London. He turns around. He celebrates the Bullock. He had a plan and he's performed it. You're listening to the Foot Champions podcast with Richard and Brandon. What is going on? Welcome back to a brand new Foot Champions podcast, week number 10. We're on. We're getting to the double figures uh, in the podcast series. And a big thank you for last week. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Obviously, we teamed up with Foot Weekly. Um, and, it, you know, it was received really well. DH Techs, it's good to have him on. And, of course, uh, Roma Poacher as well. Or Coacher, some said, uh, just for that event. But, of course, I'm not on my own. That main man, Richard Buckley, battled me last week. I don't know if you heard the podcast, Richard, but I, I missed you a bit last week. I missed you a bit. <laughs> I mean, I missed being on it as well. It was a very uh, interesting podcast. I did listen to it. Uh, I thought DH Tech spoke really, really well for his age, being only 16 years old. I'll get my, I'll get my digs in straight away. Uh, yeah, did you know 16 he was 16? Years old. Yeah. He is 16, and you heard the man who is joining us here today, Mr. Yeah, Chewboy. Yeah, Welcome yeah, to the show. Yeah. Oh, welcome. I mean, what am I saying welcome? Yeah, thanks for <laughs> welcome. having me. Sorry, I'm, I'm used to like hosting, I guess, my old stuff. So, thing, uh, yeah, no, thing it's is, great to be here. The thing is, too, the only person that's tried to nick our show and introduce it himself is Kurt before. Ah, expected. I, I, and you're up there now. But um, a big thank you, Chief, for coming. Obviously, if you didn't see Chewy, you know, he does a lot of the uh, analysis stuff. Um, he's done a lot of the live events, more last year. You know, he was doing, he was doing events before... We uh we had our first proper one, so big thank you for coming on, Chew Boy, and um, of course we have got Colin with us. Obviously, AS Roma uh, FIFA esports manager Colin, welcome back for another week. Excited to be back. You know, we're back to crunch time, back to qualifying, and uh, it's a it's a tense atmosphere, but it's exciting to you know be back in the running for the next major. Which is a, a good point to talk about. Obviously, Colin, if you didn't know. Uh, for the viewers, obviously, you can probably guess by the accent, he is from America. Uh, he's over in the UK now for a good period of time, but so he has obviously got some of his players over. I'm sure you can go more into depth, Colin. You know, what's the plan for your boys for uh, for qualifying month? Because obviously, we've seen more of the HQs involved now. I'm sure you guys have got kind of a similar thing going on. Yeah, uh, so for every single weekend during the month of February, which is a qualifying month for the next major, every single one of our guys is going to be here in London, um, living at a flat about a 10-minute walk away from, from our headquarters. And in our headquarters, we have, you know, all of the support staff of Fnatic. We have a gaming room, which has seven different setups that you can play either PC or console games, whether it's PlayStation or Xbox. And uh, yeah, so Zima, Insa, and Poacher will all be coming down every single weekend. And some of them are even staying throughout the weeks as well to kind of make some content and, you know, work with their teammates. Um, but it's been a really good uh, atmosphere. You know, the guys helping each other out, supporting each other, as you've kind of seen like some other teams like Hashtag and FootWiz have done similar setups. But obviously, um, you know, our setup's done pretty well for us so far with uh, our guys seeming to only get better while they're uh, in, in the uh, gaming room. And one thing that uh, I want to bring Chew on, Chew in on this, um, Obviously, you did used to work at EA Sports, and you had the history there. Whenever like you are at EA Sports, seeing the the growth that FIFA's had over the last year and a half in uh, FIFA esports, from 
the other side of the camera, from the, like the business side of it, it's a, quite a dramatic growth that FIFA's had, and with more esports organisations, it seems like it's taken very seriously right now. Do you think it's going to continue to grow? Uh, and where do you really think, like the if if there is a glass roof, like where do you think the roof is? Um. Well, you know, so I was on FIFA. I used to work at EA from FIFA 12, right after the Euro 2012 DLC. Actually, I don't know if you guys remember that. That was like my first week in at work. And uh, if you guys remember that DLC, did not work at all. Uh, so that was a great first week. Um, so I was there from then till FIFA, the launch of FIFA 16. So I would say during that time, I mean, there was a bit of esports here and there. I mean, there was you know. Um, was a Virgin Gaming, there was, um, you know, Gfinity started coming up, things like that, but it was never, um, I guess it was never to this level, so this is the reason why I kind of like seeing things, uh, now that I'm outside of EA, seeing things from this point of view, because it's like the one part of FIFA that I just have never experienced, uh, because when you come out of EA, you've kind of like, you know, you've seen most of it, you've seen most of what FIFA's all about, you've seen how the sausage is made, I guess. You know, um, and coming out of Barcelona, I think Barcelona was, a, that's a significant point. I mean, it, it just, it, it felt so different. I think FIFA 17 was very important because, it, you know, with FUD champions, it gave uh, the pros the scene uh, to build off of. And then I just think the difference in the personality of the pros, the, the pres their presentation, just the way they carry themselves a year on from last year. I thought that Barcelona was just, um, it just kind of shows where things are going. Everybody's way more professional, more teams are getting into it. Uh, people coming through with entourages, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, everybody looks like they're all branded up. They got their team jerseys, team everything, you know, and people, kids running up to take pictures with them. It just kind of made me... Um, realize that yeah it's gonna go far it's gonna it's gonna go far is there a glass ceiling i mean i think as long as the sport keeps growing i don't think there should be to be honest with you i think that's the good thing about fifa i think right now it's in very good hands um obviously brent Cohn in the commissioner um i think he's got a he's definitely got a plan and i think they're going that way to to execute it really because the the difference just personally from me in events like me and brandon had a very very small part to blame berlin but the difference in events from berlin to barcelona was quite astronomical really um do you think that going forward um we are going to see more esports orgs we saw phase tas uh, and phase clan get invo involved involved uh, colin and to to chew but the question is like when is it going to happen? Because I feel like the phase thing really took me by surprise. Like that wasn't something I was expecting. I thought I didn't know that they actually had eyes on it. Um, do you think it's going to be an Optic Gaming next? Do you think it's going to be an Envy? And more importantly, who do you think, looking at the, the talent pool, would fit a move like that? Optic Bullock. Facts. Uh, <laughs> he's been after it for months. <laughs> no, I like, I like, I like the uh, you know he's he's been directing his energy towards that path. So you know, fingers crossed for him. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, it's definitely in good hands. I mean, I definitely see more people getting into it. Uh, you know, the good thing about FIFA right now is that it's still in its infancy. So I guess if you're an organization, and you want to get in. I mean, now is the time to get in so you can build something before. It really takes off, right? Uh, who knows what happens in FIFA 19. I'm going to guess that's the next FIFA. Uh, <laughs> it's but, going back to zero. It's going to be FIFA 1 again. I was going to say, you never know. Um, 
so I do see an optic coming in. I see a couple. I would say um, who else? Who else is not in? You is got Lumin like splice, complexity, complexity. Uh, I mean CLG, Cloud Nine. I mean there's uh, G two, uh, SK or SK's in it now, but. I mean, there's a lot of big organizations. The nice thing about FIFA, though, is it's such a low-risk endeavor. You know, like, FIFA players, unless you're going to do the phase and come in and sign, like, you know, the best player or one of the best players in the world and spend a lot of money on him, you know, like, I think that it's pretty easy to just come in and sign one, two, three players and have it be relatively low-risk. And then, you know, if that pays off, like, a year or two down the line, then, you know, you've made your money back. But uh, I think it's, it's a pretty low barrier of entry, and that's why you're seeing, like, a lot of these players, a lot of the best players are playing for like smaller clubs and smaller organizations at the moment. But uh, I mean, for us, even, you know, it's it's been a pretty uh, solid investment so far and we're pretty happy about it. And we're only looking at like investing more in the space. So, And uh, something to lead into too, obviously we're seeing, you could say as a, as a, as a football game that FIFA is, you're seeing a lot of football clubs going, but also it's good to see that, you know, we're getting still the gaming organisations. Do you think that's really important as we go forward to still have football clubs and gaming uh, organisations or do you think it should just be, you know, one way or the other? Uh, I think it's better that it's both uh, because um, you need both worlds to grow the scene, yeah. I think. I think, you know, because it's, uh, I mean, it's one of the only esports, yeah. uh, one of the only big esports, I guess you could say, that's based on something that happens in, in the real world. So we need the real world to drive it. We needed the real world to get interest, you know, because, I mean, that's where we're going to have to grow. Aside, like, aside from the gaming side, we're going to have to grow on the real world, world side where, you know, yeah, people do see T-Mox as a Wolfsburg player along with the Wolfsburg, you know, real-life football players. Um, and in that way, we gain interest from there. So I think it's a good balance. You know, I do want to see more of both, actually. Um, get in and then uh, you know maybe you see like I don't know Neymar come in with something I want to see like players also well, if they do it, it, yeah exactly we had the whole it thing you know I don't know why they didn't call it whole it gang but whatever uh, yeah um, they could missed opportunity uh, but team whole it came in you know um, I mean as long as they do it the right way as long as they do it um, with the right mindset in mind I, I, I don't see that as a problem at all and I think it only helps you, you mentioned Hullet then, it's just uh, brought me back to a, a point that I want to speak about earlier. Um, you did the uh, more analytical side of the uh, of the broadcast in Barcelona, Chu. You pretty much saw, in Barcelona we saw probably, I'd say 14, 15 players overall used throughout the entire event. Going forward in the game, we're going to have a few more prime icons released. Uh, the big ones for me who I think are going to mix it up a little bit. Desai Blanc. Um, obviously, Hull is just going to get upgraded. I think there will be a few changes here and there. Who were your standout in-game player in Barcelona? And if you were a pro, would there be any changes that you would be making to that team? Like the average um, starting eleven, if you were a pro? I mean, I would say that's like the one thing that gameplay was I didn't like about Barcelona was that I always like restrictions um, yep. I like the restrictions that were put in FIWC where it's like I think it was what three was it three, three legends, legends 395 three, plus exactly so that was really cool because I got to see like you know it, it, it makes the pros think differently and it makes you as a person watching at home think like alright well if you don't pick the meta players who are the pros gonna pick that you know or players who maybe even I can afford 
um, that they see like some benefits too. Like TV season, Dembele was like my favorite player last year, and it was great to see like some of the pros uh, use him a lot in FIWC. Um, and the thing with the the no restrictions in the uh, Champions Cup is that yeah, you generally see the same. I would say 12, 13 players overall. Um, in terms of the best player, I guess. I mean, I think the most interesting thing was people not using Prime Vera and going for the 88. I thought that was very yeah. interesting, actually, uh, because the 88 has better pace, and that's what you need to close people down when it's, you know, a Champions Cup. I guess the best player... I mean, it's got to be R9, and the, it was just the, 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 the R9 and CR7 team of the year combo. I thought that was just... I mean, you, you kind of expected that in the first place, but... Um, it was just crazy to see how good those players are. And then I'm sure as soon as the Prime R9 comes out, that's going to be the striker um, in Champions Cup. Hopefully it comes out before Champions Cup too. In terms of other players, I mean, I don't think Holit was as dominant as he was last year. I mean, last year, Holit was just the midfielder. That, yeah, he was everywhere. Uh, you didn't see a lot of Pogba like you saw last year. As well, a lot of people had like the the informed Pogba's. I want to say I think for me, it was good to see. I mean, I support United, so it was good to see Prime Rio. Everybody just you know accepting that Prime Rio was probably the best icon defender right now. I mean, we'll see when Prime Maldini comes out, but even still, I would still I say that Prime Rio would be like the best bet. I think Desai or Laurent Blanc could give Rio a run for his money. Um, obviously, you got that team of the year, Sergio Ramos, as well with. 96 short passing, if you didn't know. Um, can play in midfield as well, Brandon. Yeah, a point we can link into this as well of Colin is, as we spoke to a number of pros, and, you know, Chu said it there as well, um, you know, a lot of the guys, for example, I'll give you a, a good example of this. Kurt came in, didn't really change his team like loads. He could have used, you know, higher uh, icons. Some of the prime ones, obviously, he chose to use, you know, the 88. Um, Vieira I think he used for you Colin you know if you were you know obviously you're over Poacher's shoulder for the next event in April if any of your players do make it there fingers crossed they do would you say to them change your team because you've got you know the attraction to these higher rated players or would you say right you've qualified with that team keep it the same or well, how do you feel about that I mean it's it's funny I think it actually and something I saw at the event as well is like it's almost the feel of the day um, so when we went in, I think uh, Poacher used his uh, same team that he uh, had been using. So normal Ronaldo, you know, one less rating uh, informed Neymar. I think like first informed Neymar instead of second informed Neymar. And uh, he lost his first game. And so then he was like, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to change it. We're just going to put in like the best players now. So I feel like if you go in and you feel good with your team and you're playing well, then you're just going to stick with it. Otherwise, like it, I, it, I think it really comes to just how players feel in the day. But I think uh, like some players just were like, this is what I'm comfortable with because the way the players make runs, that you know, those just one or two or three points of pace might make them be in a slightly different position than they might not be. And you're just not used to the players because... You know, from what I've heard from my players, you know, it takes it doesn't take five games to get used to a player, even if it is just a different version. You know, it takes, you know, five, six, seven uh, or I mean, like, you know, 50, 60, 70 games to actually get used to them and to understand how the player works. Um, so I would say it's a, it's a risk to use players that you're not used to at, at these events. But, you know, to each their own, I guess. One thing, uh, just moving away from Barcelona and the. The, the more competitive side of FIFA, while we've got Chu here, I wanted to just ask him 
um, a question. I recently saw a Matt HD Gamer video on um, like packs and EA being more open with uh, like pack weight, etc. As a streamer, I, I was watching you a couple of days ago when you opened what, seven want to watch packs on oh my seven God. summer, seven oh. winter. From you can oh. maybe give a better insight as well from like the because she did work at EA whatever like if you can like is it a gambling thing because for me if I'm putting money onto the game it's like going to the casino like I might win but there's like an eighty five percent chance that I'm gonna lose and come away with nothing is that how you see it or as a streamer is it like content and you're providing the content I mean. Even before, like, before I stream, I mean, I'm just not a person. I don't like to, like, I don't gamble. I don't like to spend money unnecessarily uh, in anything. Uh, so opening packs is a struggle for me because <laughs> I can afford them, but I, because I, to me, it is like going to casino where it's like, I know it's my responsibility. Like, I know the chances of me getting something good are not high. Like, I've been through FIFA enough to know that. Uh, every time I open a pack. So at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, I get a, you know, I, I opened four winter one to watches and got Tagliafico four times straight. I'm pissed off, but I'm more mad at myself because I knew what it was. Like, I knew there was a chance that that would happen. I knew that, yeah, my packs are probably going to be bad. That's all CCG uh, card collecting games. It's The, the chance of you getting something good is always going to be lower than... Um, what you would want because that's why you keep playing the game i do feel bad for you know younger kids maybe like they're 15 and younger that don't understand that but and my my old thing is just like hey if i'm n nobody's pointing a gun to my head to spend money um is how i always see these things I, I, I that's why i don't go to the casino like my friends go to the casino a lot i join them i just don't spend any so money because i know that hey the chances of me winning probably not very high you know um, and something to go on to that, going back to the competitive side of it, a lot of people this year, um, I think it was um, towards the beginning of the game, said that FIFA was almost like if you put the money into the game, you could get the better team and then you could get better weekend league rewards, etc. etc. For you, Colin, your players, what are you saying to them? Are you saying put the money onto the game because we'll have that slight advantage at the beginning of the game? Like, I know DH Techs, we had him on last week, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be on the podcast but he said I've not got a meta team I've not got a fantastic team is it do you think that skill outweighs having a good team sometimes or does having the the R9 Ronaldo get you that extra win that may secure qualification I think you have to be a very 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 good player to play with a you know I guess you could say non-meta team and beat someone with a meta team that's at a similar level to you because I mean, the gap in FIFA right now is just so small, and I think there's just those couple of guys that have that special thing, you know, when you talk about the gorillas and the Ditos and I guess the techs at the moment at least, you know, those types of guys that they can use whatever teams they want almost, and as long as they're comfortable with them, they can do it. But I think the general everyday run-of-the-mill player, you know, they have to play with those kind of meta players. You know, you're not going to see a pro player in, that's not using Ronaldo. You know, it's, it's just not going to happen. So at the beginning of the game, you know, we gave them a necessary amount of, you know, funding to make sure that their accounts were at an appropriate level so that they could, um, you know, compete with everyone from, from day one. But after that, it's just kind of like sparse investment. So maybe around team of the year or around team of the season when 
the you know risk to reward ratio is a little bit higher you know where you know if you hit the jackpot it's it, it could be you worth a lot yeah. Ex exactly so whereas you know if we're opening 7.5k packs when there's no, no special items out or just a team of the week you know it's not really worth investing the money at those at that point so you just kind of have to be smart about your investment because it's just like it's like the stock market you know you just have to kind of play it appropriately and if you can do it well enough then you know every once in a while uh, you'll you'll get something good and let me open their packs of course seeing that you <laughs> know packed messy ridiculous <laughs> you know? it's it's pretty stupid to be honest i've done the sbcs recently um to like just like the transfer ones and on the last two i've gotten an 88 rated player in both of them which obviously like isn't worth a crazy amount but still like just for an everyday three pack opening it's pretty decent it's not too bad at all and you said about um, investing there into your, in, into obviously some of your players. How important is it for, you could say, a long-term investment? Because obviously, the way they put the money into the game at the beginning, a number of players. You know, for you as a as obviously the coach and the manager of that team, if if you give the player you know a certain amount of funding, you say, go and enjoy it how you want. Go and have some packs. Or you say, come on, let's be realistic. Let's grind out draw for a, for a few weeks because you know you're getting used to using some of the best players. Uh, at that moment in time and then you're obviously getting rewards as well yeah it kind of it, it kind of depends because i think the value of certain players at the beginning of the game is much higher so opening packs is a little bit it makes a little bit more sense because if you pack a ronaldo on day one it's probably going to be worth more on day one than it will be you know three or four months from then um so it's not as like risk uh it's not as risky as maybe three or four months in opening 7.5k packs but uh you know it depends on the player sometimes because i don't we don't really put like strict restrictions it's kind of like here's here's your funding you know use it as you will and poacher for example like i think he took like six or seven hundred dollars of it and just grinded draft you know, and got used well, to those best players and um, just kept playing draft over and over again and then would open the draft packs. And, you know, for a pro player, three, I mean, that's, you know, they're they're winning the draft, you know, 99 out of 100 times and are going to get those crazy packs or decent packs at least every single time. So um, for them, it's a, it's a much better investment. And at the beginning of the game, you know, gameplay is the most important thing. So I think it kind of blends the most important two things at the beginning of the game. So draft is definitely, I think, the best investment. Getting the team up there as quickly as possible, I think, is important too, because if you're spending that, maybe you spend two or three hundred dollars at the at the beginning, and then kind of slowly build your team up after that. Because going into that first weekend league, you know, you almost immediately need to be top 100 if you're a pro to make sure that your account is at the appropriate level. You know, because I think it was month one or two, uh, poacher packed like Neymar, like red Neymar. You know, and and to have that so early into the game and not have to spend the coins on it just opens up investment to the rest of your team um, at a very early stage. And you did speak about gameplay there. If you have been living under a rock, you uh, will have noticed that there has been a patch recently in the game. I'm going to come to you first, Chew. Um, initial reaction to the patch. Um, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What are your thoughts on it? Uh, and then we'll go to uh, Colin to get a, a bit more insight from what the pros are thinking, the Roma boys who did play last weekend league. So Chew, the patch, take it away. I mean, I've been on a hiatus from FUT Champions, but I haven't played, like, you know, season stuff like that. Um, I know that the pros do not like it. Funny enough, it plays more to my strengths because I think it feels a slightly slower, I want to say. I don't know why, but it feels slightly slower. But, again, that benefits me because I can keep track. Uh, my weakness is defending, so I can keep track of, like, 
um, the attackers better. So it benefits me, but I know that the pros are not enjoying it. What I'm noticing is that a lot of people seem to be using wider formations. I know that I think four two three one wide will make a bit of a comeback. Um, but at the same time, I see a lot of people saying that four four two is not as effective. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what that says to the meta because I feel like even I've been trying to attack on the wings. What's been working for me is attacking on the wings. And I know that Yozik, uh, um, one of the pros from uh, Navi, he says that, you know, he, he used to do four one two one two narrow. He says that they just, the past week, he's like, it just does not work anymore. So I think you're going to see a lot of wider formations. It's quite interesting you spoke about the wings there because one thing that I, brought, I took away from Barcelona was... The amount that people cross, like, for me, that's something that just didn't really... I didn't add it to my game, but after Barcelona, like, the back post cross seems so effective. Oh, and that my is, God. That's definitely something I'm going to be going with forward. It's oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I started doing it, actually, um, because Gorilla was saying how... How, um... I think, who was it? Uh, Tim Locker was doing that on him, back post with Messi, and I started... I was playing draft, and I crossed the back post with Messi, and... Yeah, easy, easy goal. So I've been doing a lot more short crosses and also early back post crosses. Yeah, like the whip, like whipping it around the last man. Uh, the fullbacks have no idea. It, yeah, it, it felt like the fullbacks almost have no idea what to do in that situation. Like the AI just like can't cope with it. But yeah, no, the the patch is definitely an interesting one, you know, because I have three players that all have three very different gameplay styles, you know. So I think all of them reacted to it differently. Um, Obviously, with slower gameplay, uh, I'll let you guys assume what Poacher thought of it. You know, it's it's definitely not suited to skills and to, you know, the quicker style of gameplay from what I've seen and from what I saw from his uh, weekend league um, results. Um, but then Zima, who uh, I think almost benefited from it in a way, he picked up a 39 last weekend and um, was scoring goals for fun. And it was just because he was being clinical and just finishing pretty much every chance he had. Um, so... I've I've watched it and just watching the game as well like obviously I know it's different but it does seem slower and that's the feedback I've gotten from pros as well is that is that it's slower so uh, yeah I think it's going to change the meta a bit as well I agree I think the the way that the game is slowed down I think it's definitely going to make it so that the things that the pros did that um, you know made them qualify in November that qualified them um, into Barcelona it's probably not going to be as effective uh, this month well a good point I need to, or we all need to get our teeth into now. Um, we'll come to Chew Boy as well. If you didn't know, Chew does a Top 100 TV as well uh, over on his Twitch channel uh, every week. Um, I believe it. Do you want a Tuesday, is it, Chew? Uh, Mondays or Tuesdays. Usually Mondays. Yeah, it so, varies depending on uh, the the schedules of, of, of these divas like Face <laughs> Tass and Unilag Gorilla. I'm calling you guys out if they're listening to this. So, obviously... Also, I've recorded, uh, I've been looking at leaderboards as well via FootWiz. Um, so shout out to them, obviously doing some really good stuff uh, on the leaderboards. Obviously, this could all change. Obviously, as we know, the day that we recorded, the EA came out and said that you know the rewards will be delayed. They're looking into supposed uh, issues that some players may have, uh, have, have played in different accounts or shouldn't have been in the positions they asked. But we'll go from what we're looking at now. 31, 40 and O's. And 95% of all those players in there are recognisable faces, I'd say. And what I'm looking at as well, the main man from PSG is in there. AA Megasip over on the PlayStation The hero. Side. The hero, AA Megasip. The return is on. Oh, if there's one player that... I'm going to be biased. I'm just going to say it. If there's one player that I want to qualify, it is AA Megasip. Just because he just mixes it up. 
the Qatari legend. So, uh, two. If you had a chance to look at the leaderboards, out of the forty and zero guys, you know you've got Ryan in there and Harry from Hashtags. Alonius is in there. You've even got Marcus is in there as well. Um, who's taking your fancy? I mean, on the PlayStation side, I guess my boy T Mox. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I'm always, I'm always a big fan of T Mox. Nicest guy. Actually, the Wolfsburg guys are always nice, except for Dave. By the way, uh, <laughs> nobody likes that guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think T Box is. Um, you know, he went so far so many times last year, and I think hopefully this year, you know, this is the year that you know he goes all the way. I don't think it could happen to uh, a greater guy in the FIFA community. So my, my, uh, I'm looking at him, and also the guy Honey Badges. I mean, to do that yep. in Rest of World with, the, I mean, you know, the lag some of them face. That's pretty incredible, you know? So um, I would say those two. Which you can link in as well. As I'm just looking here. I think you've got at least... I think you've got Honey Badger, obviously, uh, from Rest of the World. You've got uh, Melbourne Marcos, Rest of the World. Um, AA Megazip, Rest of the World. And then there's, as well, there's uh, MS Tassari in there as well. So there's four players from the rest of the world doing doing a job there. And obviously you've got some America's guys down there as well linking in with the 39s. There was 65, 39 uh, to 1. One of those guys that did get that was uh, the man himself, sorry, Roma uh, Zimmy there. Colin, talk to me uh, about his weekend. You said he was very impressed and, you know, why wouldn't he be? He's, he's really kicked off qualifying month with the way he wanted to. Yeah, it was... Uh... I think his, his just composure is what it, what impressed me the most. You know, he's a guy that is as comfortable at nil-nil and uh, as he is with being down 0-3. Um, it just never seems like he's panicked or worried. Um, and his celebrations are kind of muted in some, in some ways. Like, he could equalize in the 88th minute and would be, like, just locked straight back in almost. Maybe you'll get a little fist pump, but that's about it. Um, I, and like I said before, like he was just finishing everything it felt like, and most of his games he was, you know, winning by three or four, getting a lot of rage quits. Um, and the, the close games he did have, he he seemed to pull them out in the end. And the only game he did lose, I think it was like a late on goal in a two-two match that that he lost three-two. So um, he he's definitely stepped it up, and I think he's uh, you know upset about him not qualifying for Barcelona, and you know has has something to prove now. So uh, it's it's good to see that he's motivated. And one thing that I'm just looking at right now on the leaderboard is on the uh, PlayStation, if you're not getting 38 wins and a good skill rating, you're actually not making it even into the top 100, never mind the top 64. Do we think, uh, us three right here, and uh, be sure to get involved on Twitter, um, at the Footchance Pod, do we think there is a, a potential skill gap between the Xbox and the PlayStation 4? Because I know a lot of people switch over, like they'll be playing on the PlayStation 4 and then some people just if you can hit a 38 and not get into the top 100 that's got to be hugely demotivating. Are we going to see more people switch over to the Xbox? I know a lot of people, Megabit for example, plays on both consoles. Do we think one console slightly better could you say? Uh, the quality? I, I just I don't you, think so. Yeah you go ahead Colin. Uh, I was just going to say, like, the amount of investment that would need to go into a second account would be incredible, especially at this stage of the game. I mean, at this point, everyone on Xbox has, you know, a pretty much a fully stacked team. So 
it would be pretty difficult for a pro, especially a pro that doesn't have an organization, to switch consoles. And I guess if they did, it would cost a couple thousand dollars, in my opinion at least, to get even close to what the current pros have. So I think it's it's a risk to take, especially this. If, if you're going to do it, I would have done it like three or four months ago and not right now, like in the middle of a qualifying month. Um, but I think in the future... I, pros might think about it. I mean, you've seen players switch over and you know from 17 to 18. I think you'll see a little bit more crossover, but I think it's a bit late on in, in this edition to see any like mid-season crossover. Gotcha. I mean, I'm trying to figure out if there's... Because I, I always look at this and it's like, yeah, the, the, the PS4 leaderboards are always... They seem higher up, you know? I mean, is that because they have a pool of players since the player base of playstation is bigger do they have a bigger pool of yeah. scrubs to play against <laughs> versus think... you know versus xbox has a smaller pool so the chances that somebody's good on xbox are actually higher than higher. the chance yeah. of somebody yeah. good on playstation i think that's something like people always i i and i'm still a firm believer in that i know i'll get i i got flack for this on the barcelona stream but it's like in foot foot champs in na sometimes it's actually harder because the pool, the, 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 the pool of people who play FIFA to that level who are capable of qualifying for champs um, in, a, in an area, in a region where, you know, football is not the great, is not the most popular sport. That means the people playing for champs are really into for champs. So the chances of you matching up with somebody in for champs, the chances are that that player is good versus in Europe. Everybody's trying to play for champs. And they could be good, they could be bad, but if it's a casual, a casual player in North America is rarely gonna even come near FUT champs. So I remember if, I said this on the stream, but FUT was Dan came to play FUT champs. I know I'm exposing him, but uh, <laughs> he was playing FUT champs in my place when he was in Vancouver, and he was just like, "Yeah, what the hell? Everybody's like really good." And I was like, "Yeah, dude, just because like you're gonna be playing like really good players because there's not that many people playing for champs and all the na pros say they match up with each other all the time yeah and i think like moving from the us to the uk i've actually been like shocked by how bad people are on this continent like my these wow. people are horrible <laughs> oh, they're God. so Come bad on. oh this like, podcast is gonna get so many dislikes yeah oh, oh. <laughs> i'm just saying like Ooh. playing 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 seasons and playing champs here compared to playing it back in america like people were so good back in america and then the i guess the thing is like if i play someone really good here they're insanely good whereas like just back there it just felt like a a grind out where like everyone especially once you get into gold tier like everyone is just really good um so yeah i just i think i think what she said is really accurate though about the pool of players that are bad is just much larger here because everyone plays fifa here whereas if you play fifa in north america like you play a lot of fifa so and you said that um someone who gets into gold um is, is like very good Sprung, sprung the uh, idea of matchmaking. Do we think there's been any different change in matchmaking? Because I know I played foot champs this weekend, and um, when I was, I think I was uh, eight and three at one point, I was coming up against some like pretty decent opponents. Um, do do any of the Roma guys have they spoke about it? Do they think there's been any changes? Um, and then Chu, if you've spoke to any of the pros, do they think that there's been any changes as well? Uh, Colin. I think uh, it's it's funny because some, uh, for example, like Zima played two pros, and 
and beat both of them and didn't realize they were pros until afterwards. And then with uh, with Nicolo, for example, played like two or three pros that were all qualified for Barcelona. So it's just it's it's interesting. I think I think we're just noticing it more now because we're talking about it and because the discussion is out there. So every time after you play an opponent, you're like, oh, was this guy a pro because of matchmaking, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas like if this would have if this patch wouldn't have come out, I don't think people would be as aware, even if they did play pros, because I think uh, Nicolo played Emre, actually, who beat Poacher and Barcelona and then uh, lost to him as well. So it's just I, I, I'm not sure, to be honest. I think I think we need more weeks of FootChamps matchmaking to really tell what the effect is, because just one weekend of 40 games, I think, is a bit early to like judge if the matchmaking has truly like been completely overhauled or not. I agree. I think one weekend is um, one weekend might be too hasty to to figure out. They're probably right, but you know, let's see the other weekends. Um, but it seems like yeah, it seems like people are saying more pros are coming up against other pros. Um, but is that like a, is that bad? I don't know. Like, are people mad because it's like they don't want to face another pro? But shouldn't they be facing other pros if they're as good as each other? I think with the pool of players, you would say at least, depending on obviously if you're doing exceptionally well, you should be coming up against at least one pro minimum. Obviously, in that in that forty games, which a number of guys already are. What do you think as well, Chu? On obviously, you know, the stadiums coming. Uh, Obviously, we always play the FEWC now at night, I believe. If correct me if I'm wrong or right, they're obviously in your own kits as well, home and away. Would you like to see maybe the gamer tag being hidden after that, or do you think we're already there for you know the steps? Um, if we're going into a game, I mean, I wonder how it would be if it's like you only see the gamer tag at the end of the match, and then you're like, oh shit, I just beat Gorilla, suck it, Gorilla. Um, <laughs> that would be kind of cool. So maybe that, like, yeah, it's hidden until like you hit the pause screen. I mean, not the pause screen, the, the, the match end screen. That will be nice. Um, the kids thing, I'm worried about because I think it's a, it, it's, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction. I wonder, like, I was watching a lot of gameplay, and I'm just like, wouldn't it get, like, I, I don't know, like, wouldn't you lose focus if you just saw the same kit? Like, I like seeing my opponent's kit. kit. It's like, I felt as though, like, it added a bit of, like, diversity to the game. Like, yeah. There's, there'll be a time when all like a lot of the pros will come together and be like, "Look, we're all gonna use the Newport County badge," and like if because like there's a there has to be oh, yeah, ways yeah, like it takes around care it. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think it, they're right for doing it. I just wonder if it gets like fatigued to see like the same opponent kid. Like I got kind of bored like watching. I was just like, "Oh, it looks like you're playing the same team all the time." Um. But I thought that I think the the FEWC stadium. I think I think that's the best thing. Uh, just having a general stadium. I, I watch some. I watch a lot of Madden uh, esports, and they always have had like the the one stadium that they do all the esports stuff in. So I think that is definitely a step in the right direction. One more point we could talk about uh, as we you know come to the end of the podcast here. Chu uh, and obviously Colin, Colin from America. Chu, uh, NA. Uh, a big NA North America FIFA fan. The EMLS has come into uh, the equation. Obviously, fantastic for uh, the America scene. What's Let's your thoughts go, on that? What's your thoughts on it? Um, I'm happy. I'm excited. You know, I was hoping you know that it could be like a full-on like uh, uh, league. You know, um, hmm. where it's like you know the E-League. Huh? I, I hope we can get to that point. And I really do see that as like the next step. But you know, EMS, it's it's good because 
Um, I was telling, you know, I was telling some of the other, you know, I've been talking to clubs here and there, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, this is like the kids in North America, all the other guys that rank high in four champions, you know, they've been waiting for something to take, you know, seriously, you know, they, they don't have that thing to work towards like a lot of the guys in Europe do. And, and you, you tend to work harder once you, once you see the goal inside. So a lot of these guys are, you know, being able to hopefully represent, uh, you know their their home team i think what a lot of the what the scene is going with right now with the mls is like a lot of the um mls teams are just kind of going local which yeah, might not that. be what's up I, saw, I did see that with um was it uh pugzilla signing for one of his mls teams as well exactly so you know what a lot of people are saying you know oh I mean, I don't know if that's the best way to go. I think right now they just all see it as a media play versus an actual esports thing. Where, all right, everybody's talking about esports. We're showing, um, we're showing the world that hey, look, we um, we um, we know esports. We're doing esports. Hey, a local TV channel, come talk about us, and then that's it. Um, you know, you see, I mean, you know, teams like NYCFC kind of locked out because Chris was just from New York, and I'm, I mean, I don't know if they knew that he was like the best. Like <laughs> an A player, you know, but lo and behold, he was. But I don't think you're gonna see the same with a lot of the other teams. I think maybe like th- three or four will have like some of the best guys. Um, I think Gustel is a great pickup for LA Galaxy. Exactly, someone whose experience is him. You know, it get, like it just kind of works out. You know, I think EMLS. It'll be. I think once EMLS hits, I think you know the good players will stand out and then I think a lot of the clubs will see okay yeah you know it does pay to have the better player because you know you might see the NYC Chris's of the world or um, you know the NYC Chris's of the world just like rise to the top and then that's what gets the actual media attention so I think after EMLS I think you'll see a change in who uh, they select and their selection criteria but either way EMLS is a great thing because we finally have something in North America to work towards. And North Americans needed it as well because with the way that EA changed qualification this year, with there not being any regionality, there's no real reason for uh, European clubs or organizations to pick up North Americans anymore, really, unless it's like an exposure play for the region because there's no, you know, unless unless it's a player that's going to qualify top 64 every single time, you know, there's no real reason to pick up a player that she's just going to dominate North America, you know? Um, so the seeing, uh, seeing that now these NA pros have places to go, um, is really nice to see. And now I'm finally going to have a hometown team to root for outside of my own organization with a uh, sporting Kansas city, hopefully you, getting into it as well. Colin, do you think as well that outside of the, you know, the global series, as we know, that's part of, uh, the qualification process. Do you think you know these leagues are good as well for you know extra train, uh, extra sorry, training and uh, and practice for the pros? Anything where a a player gets to play another player in a competitive format is good, because as I've said multiple times, like foot champions isn't the best way to prep for events and to prep for lands and to prep for playing pros. So any chance that these guys get, whether it's whether it's a league, whether it's something like Gfinity, whether it's uh, you know. Anything like that, I think it's uh, it's really good to have any w- out- outlet, you know, to kind of play the other best players in the world. And EMLS is just another chance for the guys to do that. Uh, I just think you can see it in general with FIFA esports, like the MLS, the A League, like we're taking the right steps to 
just make it even like bigger and better really um fingers crossed the premier league gets involved very soon um there's i know there's been a lot of talks behind the scenes and hopefully that's something that can come to fruition shortly but for right now i think uh i think everything's going the right way Two. all i'm going to say to you is five years time esports champions league can you see it oh i think sooner sooner yeah i'll say sooner and what a uh, what a way that'll be for the for the esports scene. Uh, do you think the Liga or Premier League first, like full the Liga or full Premier League? Uh, I mean, hopefully Premier League get that hype. You know, and that's the, that's the hype league. I don't care what anyone says. That's the best league in the world uh, because it's the most hype league in the world. Um, I think yeah, we need the Premier League first before La Liga. Um, just in terms of growing the scene, I think um, once you get you know the biggest clubs in the world. To get on it, not just you know Real Madrid and Barcelona, but you know on the other hand Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, Man City, um, more big clubs. I think uh, that'll be way more beneficial. Well, there you have it. There's Chew Boy, uh, Twitch streamer and FIFA uh, commentator and host. Uh, those live events. Big thank you, Chew, for coming on, mate. Um, and all the best with uh, the Top Lunch TV. And fingers crossed, we'll be uh, fingers working together uh, very soon at a future event. Um, Colin. Uh, anything else you want to add? You know, how was your boys feeling about going into this weekend? Motivated as ever, you know. I mean, when you get solely focused on one thing like this, I mean, it kind of, you know, consumes your weekends. Uh, obviously, the guys coming down here. So um, just looking forward to another very tense room with some very tense guys that are uh, trying to qualify for a tournament with a lot of money. Um, Richard, will I be uh, will I be speaking to you on Monday morning with you completing those forty games or? Um, potentially so, Brandon. Potentially so. Maybe I'll just turn up this weekend and get the forty and all. Um, I've been, <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for I'll, all I'll this be time. Left, because, I'll be left alone on my commentary side. Because you never know. Like with someone like, if I can maybe get a team of the Ramos, that ninety six short passing could push me over the edge. <laughs> you never know, Brandon. You never know, indeed. Well, that's wrapped up. Uh, week 10 of the Foot Champs podcast. A massive thank you for your support so far uh, as we push into uh, 2018, into February. Week 11 next week. Make sure you do uh, drop us a like if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, subscribe as well uh, if you listen over on our audio uh, uh, stations over there. Make sure you go and follow Chewboy, Colin, myself and Richard. And if you want to get involved in the show, hashtag Foot Champs podcast. Enjoy your weekend league. Hope it goes well. All the best for this February qualifying month. And we'll catch you next week. If you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Just go to at Foot Champions Pod on Twitter, drop a follow, and then you'll find all your subscription options in the pinned tweet. Oh, and also, while I've got you, why not check out this podcast's more casual older brother, the Foot Weekly Podcast, for in-depth reviews, Team of the Week rundown, content chat, and general foot discussion. Bye-bye.